title of this new series is The Hope of Glory. The Hope of Glory. And when the Lord laid the, the title of this series on my heart, I was trying to tie it up within the theme for the year. The theme for this year, for this church, is Arise and Build. And I was trying to tie it, and I was trying to see how the hope of glory ties into Arise and Build. And I realized as I was studying that when you understand this subject of the hope of glory, then you will come to a place where you appreciate what God has done for you. And when you get to the place that you appreciate so much what God has done for you, your natural response will be that you will serve God and be interested in building his house. How many of you have realized that when someone does something very, very, very good for you, something that really touches the core of your heart, you are very much disposed to do anything for the person? Very much. In fact, that is the principle on which corruption thrives. Because the giver knows that if I can touch the receiver, I can get the receiver to do what I want to be done. Because something has gone to touch the receiver. Now, God has, has saved us in a way that if we come to the understanding of what went into our salvation and the package that God has for us, We'll be so grateful to God, our natural response will be to serve him. And so I want us to turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. It says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know that's the only part you know. Him we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Hallelujah. This is one of the very difficult passages I, I mean, in preparing to teach the people of God, I encountered. In reading this passage, you could see that Paul was sharing with the church in Colossae how he is suffering and laboring to do the work of God. And he says the reason why he's laboring is because of what God has done for the people and how he wants to see what God has done for the people become manifest. So Paul had come to the understanding that the salvation that you and I are boasting of or the salvation that you and I have experienced and encountered, there is so much in it that he's got to work so that the people can experience the full package of what God has for them. And so in Paul letting the church know this particular thing, he reveals to us a very important truth. And the truth is what he says that there is a mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to God's saints. So, can we come home now? Today, I'm trying to see how I can break it down for us to understand because it is very tough. But Paul says that the day you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, 
The salvation you received was a mystery that was hidden from people from over many generations. But now God has revealed it to you and I who are his saints. So, so what Paul is saying is that Moses longed to see what you and I have experienced in Christ. David longed to see what we have experienced in Christ. Elijah longed to see what we have experienced. As a matter of fact, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel who prophesied about the things that we are encountering now, they longed to see it, but the Bible says it was a mystery to them. It was hidden to them, but now it's revealed to us. Now, when we talk about a mystery, it is something that is previously hidden, or hidden truth, but it is revealed to a people who have been made qualified to receive it. So, the only reason why God has revealed this thing to us is because he has qualified us. Oh, some of you did not get that. That you and I were not qualified just like Elijah and David and Moses, but God sent his only begotten son Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus, he washed us and separated us and qualified us so he can reveal to us this great salvation. So, mommy, God looked at you and realized that your glasses could not qualify you. Realize that nothing, your beauty could not qualify you. Your nice dress could not qualify you. But he had to bring something that will qualify you and make you a partaker of this salvation. Now, I was thinking about it and trying to see the most practical example to help us to understand this truth. Now, how many of you have realized that before you entered into this building, before you ever came into this building, if you had passed here, you would have been wondering what was here. I do that a lot. When I see buildings, I try, I'm wondering, like, how is the inside looking like? How is the structure like? Especially when there's a church signage there. I'm wondering how the church has set up. So, to the person outside, this place is a hidden truth. They, they can't see what is here because they don't have access into this place. So anyone who is passing here and sees God's tabernacle of praise will be wondering in their heads what at all is here. How is the building like? How is the service like? How are the rooms like? But for you and I who have been part of the church and came inside here, what is a mystery to them is a revealed truth to us. I, I don't know whether you're getting it. So as long as you've come inside, you now have access and you can see how the whole place looks like. So when someone is outside wondering how it is like, you are inside and you know what it is like. And, and the Bible says that what we have encountered in Christ Jesus is just like the same scenario. The unbelievers outside are wondering what is it that these people are talking about. But you are inside and you know that this is the life of Christ. They look at you and they see you speaking in tongues and they are wondering, what is this bubblish thing that they are saying? But you are inside and you know, the moment you begin to speak in tongues, something rises up inside of you because you have been qualified and you are a partaker of what is a mystery to the people outside. So Paul says that this thing was hidden. But look at something, he says it has been revealed to the saints. And when the Bible uses the word saint, the word saint in the Greek means someone that is purified, someone that is separated, someone that is consecrated, someone that is dedicated. So do you know what? When God washed you with the blood of Jesus, he purified you. 
He sanctified you. That is the only way you can have access to see the things that God says you should see. He separated you unto himself. And he says now, you are what? Qualified. Please turn to another neighbor and tell the person you are qualified. Or turn to another person and tell the person you are qualified. The interesting thing is that a lot of us think that these things that are a revelation of our salvation are only meant for people like pastors and prophets to see. Do you know, that is why a lot of you are so interested in a prophet seeing about you. But the thing is that he says you are now a saint qualified to see the revelation of all that God has purpose and plan. You don't need someone to come and tell you your phone number before you get to know that God is speaking to you. No, don't you know your own phone number? Why do you need someone to tell you the number you know before you can know that God is speaking? No, why do you need someone to tell you your date of birth before you believe that God is the one speaking? I don't get it. No, why do you think God will put everything in one human being to reveal to you before God himself can speak to you? He says that because you are now a saint, the things that were hidden have now been revealed. So everything, Isaac, every purpose and plan of God concerning your life, he says he has revealed them. Uh, am I preaching? This, this is the message that a lot of pastors will not want to preach. Because you know what? The thing about being a pastor and seeing is that when you see more, the people are attracted to you more. But I love it. God shows me things. But I don't want you to be bound to my life. I want you to also see for yourself the things that God has revealed and shown. Because each of us has equal access to the presence of God and to the revelation of the truth of God. Each of us. Deborah, before God and I, we have equal access, you and I, before God, we have equal access to the presence of God. We have equal access to the revelations of God. There is nothing like, Pastor Ima, okay, you are, you, are the, you are the pastor, so be at the queue. The others can be at the back. Now, when you are accessing God, Pastor Ima can go first. No, no, we are, before God, we are on the same level of access. Whether you are a pastor, you are a prophet, you are a preacher, you are whatever, you are a bishop, you are a choir you are an usher. The blood of Jesus did not segregate and separate us into classes. It put all of us on the same level. And give us same equal access to the revelation of the things that God has for us. That is why I can preach to you. But if I don't access the things myself, I can preach to you and you can apply the things I'm preaching to you. And you'll be prospering and you'll be doing well and you'll be excelling. But I will not be excelling because the thing is that it is not about me being the preacher. It is about all of us accessing the things that God has for us individually. Individually. So, Paul says, when he says it's a mystery, it means that what we have experienced in Christ was kept a secret for thousands of years from multitudes of people. Do you know what a privilege we have? How many of you have seen a quarter of the revelations that Isaiah saw? None of you. Yet, Isaiah does not have the privilege that you have. Oh, some of you did not get that one. You did not get, Isaiah saw the throne of God. He, he saw the throne of God and he saw seraphims around the throne of God. And at the time he saw it, he realized that he's a man of iniquity. He says, I am undone. This is the kind of man we are talking about. Yet he doesn't have the privilege of what you and I have experienced in Christ Jesus. Jesus said something about John the Baptist. 
He says, of all that have been born of, of, of flesh, of a woman, there is no greater than John. But do you know what Jesus continued? He says, but the least in the kingdom is greater than John. Because at the time that John was alive, he hadn't seen the fullness of the manifestation of the kingdom. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. So he says that even the least in the kingdom is greater than this powerful John, who is the greatest amongst all. Can you imagine how great a privilege God has given to you and I? How great. When I was standing, I was like, hey, God, I thank you. I love the relationship Moses had with God, but I thank you that I am privileged to experience what Moses did not experience. Ah, come on, come on, come on. When he says it's a mystery, it means that what we have experienced in Christ was hidden from people in past times. Because the condition that had to be fulfilled was not satisfied yet. And that condition was the death and resurrection of Jesus. When he says it's a mystery, it means that what we have experienced in Christ was revealed to us because we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, not because of anything that we have done. Oh, not because of anything. In fact, nowadays, one of my dispositions is that I, I prepare my message. I am very diligent when I'm preparing my message. But when I come to preach, I say, God, mercy. Because even what I think is diligence in preparing the message, my fall so short of the standard of God. So I say, God, I only need your mercy to come and deliver what I have prepared. Some of us, God does something small. You think it is because I prayed four hours. Your four hours crowd that you were praying, you could realize that about three hours was wasted because you are thinking about other things. You think it's the four hours that you prayed. Just because God decided that he will show it to you. Oh, this happened. It's because I have been fasting. Oh, this happened. Is it? No, no, no. It's, because, it's not because you've done anything. Yes, there's a place of sacrifice. There's a place of paying the price to see the things that God wants to do. But it's not because of that. At the end of the day, it still comes back to God. You can, uh, look, I have, I have spent, the, when we were at the old place, and we used to have a uh, faith up Friday nights, there were days that I would come to the office from 6 in the morning. I would fast and pray until evening. The service would take place, and then I won't see anything that God God, but I fasted and prayed the whole day. You know, God was showing me that, look, at the end of the day, you have done the fasting, but I am the one who would manifest myself. So it is not so much about your fasting. So Paul says that this mystery, he gives us an understanding, a further understanding. He says to them, God will to make known, to which people? The saints, to you and I. God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So from this simple statement, there are four things, and that's what my series is going to be hinged on. And I'm going to teach on each of these four for the next four weeks. That's the beautiful thing about being a teacher. You can pick one passage and teach for <laughs> it's grace. So from this simple statement, there are four important truths. The first one is that there is a glory of this mystery. This mystery, what, what is hidden to other people and God has revealed to us, there's a glory to it. There's a glory of this mystery. And by the time we, we open our eyes to this thing, say, I'm trusting God that our lives will never be the same again. There's a glory of this mystery. Number two, there are riches of the glory of this mystery. There are riches of the glory of this. So the first one is there's what? A glory of this mystery. But that glory is not enough. Oh. 
that glory has riches. So there are riches of the glory of this mystery. Number three, the riches of the glory of this mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The riches of the glory of this mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And number four, God willed the revelation of the riches of this glory to you and I. He willed it. He willed that you and I will have the revelation of the riches of the glory of this mystery. So, my usual thing will be to start from number one, but I'm going to start from number four. So, today I just want to touch on God willed the revelation of this mystery. The Bible says that to them, God what? Willed. It means that it was God's will that you and I will receive this revelation. Do you know when the Bible says it is God's will, it means that God determined it. Can I tell you, people of God, that God what? Determined it. God had it in mind. God purposed it. God intended for it. God chose it. God delighted for it to happen. It was God's pleasure that you and I receive a revelation of this truth. So can I tell you that God looked ahead and saw 2022 and actually purposed and planned that you and I receive the revelation of this truth. So I was born for such a time as this that God will show me the revelation of this mystery. There are a number of passages that talk about how God willed the revelation of this mystery. And I'm going to speak on that. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Then he says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you keep my judgments and do them. This is God speaking through Ezekiel to the Israelites. And he was saying that, look, I will take the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Because God was saying that there is going to come a time where this your stubborn heart will no longer be inside. It will be a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit inside of you so that the things that I want to show you, you will no longer need another person to teach you because the spirit of God is inside of you who revealed the very things to you. And when he reveals it to you, your heart will not be hard because it is a, a heart of what? A heart of flesh. So right from the Old Testament, God willed it. God wanted it to happen. God desired it. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't like God just woke up one day during the time of uh, Caesar Augustus and said, ah, these people cry. I don't like the way they are sending. Let me think about what we do. Let's try to see if we can, can send our son. Ah, son, are you ready to go? Go and die for the people. No, the Bible says that he is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Do you know what that means? I, the day I understood that passage, I was shocked. Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. It means that before God ever created the earth, Jesus had died. Hmm. So for God, he had made a provision for anything that would ever do before he even started creating the earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus knew. God knew that human beings, the way we are, 
We make choices. I know some of you said, if I was Adam, I would never have eaten the fruit. If I was Eve, I would never have eaten the fruit. How many times have you even come on fasting? By 8 a.m., you have started eating. You are telling me that if, if you are the one, you will not have eaten the fruit. No, no. God knew how susceptible we are. How, how we can give in to things. So he, he willed it. And he told Ezekiel that I will give a heart of flesh. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 to 12. And I love this passage because he says, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7 to 12. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Again, you can see it. He says what? The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. That means before the world ever came into being, before time ever set in, God had ordained these things. The things that you and I experienced. Hey, the thing about God, eh, you see, the more you see God from the scriptures, the more you realize that this God, the wisdom he has, eh, you can't comprehend it. He ordained these things before the ages. Before the world ever came into me. He says, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he's saying that if Satan and his cohorts knew that crucifying Jesus Christ will cause Deborah to be saved and cause Andrew to speak in tongues, they would never have done it. That's the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God is counter the wisdom of men encounter the wisdom of demons because you see for them when the son of god dies on the cross it means everything has ended but for god except a grain of corn falls to the ground it abides alone but when it goes into the ground it brings forth more so god says i'm going to sacrifice one son but when i sacrifice that one son i'm going to bet out billions of people god willed it so paul says this is the wisdom of god then he goes on and he says, but, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ye heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love ah, The things which God has prepared for those who love him. So he says that, look, he's continuing from the passage. He says, if the devil knew, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. But he says that, but it is written, that the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. Remember, the mystery is hidden. But he says that but the things which God has prepared, so it's hidden to other people. But look at the verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So the things that the eye has not seen, that the ear has not heard, that has not entered into the heart of man, God says he has revealed them to us by his spirit. No, do you know what it means? It means that Andrew, the day you gave your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, he came with the fullness of the revelation of everything God has prepared for you. Everything. 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 And I'll show you the reason why a lot of us don't know the everything. I'll show you soon. Why, why people are chasing prophets around. But the thing is right inside them. And I told someone, this, I even got to know this some. When I was in SHS or something, and I said that before anyone prophesies to me or tells me I have seen this or I have seen that, it should be a confirmation of what God has already told me. No, by the time you are telling me, I can see that you are, you are in a plane and traveling all around the world, God has already shown it to me. I can see you are writing books. God has already shown it to me. 
It should be a confirmation of what he has what? Revealed. Now, I'll show you the reason why a lot of us. But look at something. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Do you know what it means? It means that, you see, it says, no one knows, no one knows what is in Deborah except Deborah's spirit. Right now, we can't tell what is running through this head. Except the one that is dwelling inside the body. So it is a spirit that knows all her inner thoughts and all her inner desires and everything. And it says in the same way, it is the Holy Spirit who knows all the deep things of God. So do you know what? He says that this Holy Spirit who knows all the deep things of God, God has allowed this same spirit who contacts the deep things of God to dwell inside of you. So do you know what it means? It means that every time the Holy Spirit is drawing from the deep things of God, that same Spirit is inside of you to show you the deep things of God concerning your life. Uh, concerning your life. Concerning your life. So, so, mommy, 10 years ahead, what God has purposed for you for 10 years ahead, which is in the deep things of God, the Holy Spirit has searched those things but that same Holy Spirit is inside of you and he's showing the very things that God wants to do in 10 years. But the thing is that you have to be able to see what he's showing. How many of you have realized that if I tell a baby of one year, maybe under one year, I tell the baby, go and pick the bag. How many of you have realized that because the baby does not know bag, the baby cannot pick the bag. So I can be pointing, go and pick the bag. But the baby cannot pick the bag because the baby has not matured to the level to understand what bag is. So I am showing, but the baby cannot appreciate it because the baby has not risen to the level of appreciating what I am showing. So the Holy Spirit is pointing the things constantly, but most of us have not got to the level of maturity to understand the very things that he's showing. So in the language of the Spirit, he's revealing and showing the things to you, but you can't decipher because you have not grown to the level to understand the very things that he's showing. So as for him, he's shown. He's revealed. But as for you, you haven't got to the level to understand and appreciate. And that's why there are so many baby believers in the world and they are constantly frustrated and they are constantly looking for someone to tell them something about themselves when the very spirit of God inside of them who searches the deep things of God is telling them the very things they are looking for someone to tell them. And you know that sometimes it's not even about an issue of maturity but it's an issue of connectivity. Because I can call you on the line and I can be saying, Adiki, you remember um, the last time I came to your house and then when I came, I hit something in your chair. But whilst I am saying to Adiki that I hit something in your chair and so I want you to go and look at it. If a network connectivity is bad, I can be saying all the things that I can say to Adiki, but she can't hear it because her network connectivity is bad. So from my end, I have said it. From her end, she has not received it. That's what's happening to a lot of us. Connectivity level. Because when you wake up, instead of connecting with the Spirit of God, you are connecting with your phone. 
before you sleep, instead of praying, you are connecting with the TV. So how would the Holy Spirit be able to get you to see the things that he's showing when the last thing that you watched was an action movie before you went to bed? No. How would you know the things that God is showing you for the day when you woke up and instead of speaking to him so that you can establish the connection with him, you were more interested in speaking to that boy that has sent you messages over the night. So he is revealing, but we are not receiving it. The same spirit. The same spirit in you. The same spirit in me. The same spirit in her. Not a different spirit. The same spirit in you. So nowadays, one of the things that I have concluded in my life, if there is any problem in any area of my life, I don't want to, you know the problem, a lot of us are, oh, God has forsaken me. Oh, God has, no, no, God, the problem is not God at all. In fact, this past week, I was counseling someone on the phone. I was like, why is that God has that? I said, no, no, don't go to God. The problem is not God. Let's come to us. He was like, oh, the Bible says this and that and that. I said, yeah, you have only quoted one portion of the Bible. Let me, let me explain the rest of the scriptures to you. By the time we finish, say, Pastor, I know, I'm sorry. I'm the one. Because the point is that it is not an issue of God. It is an issue of you receiving what God says he wants. So I said, if there's a problem in, my, in an area of my life, I don't want to focus on God at all. God is not a problem. I want to look at what is it that I am not seeing that God is showing me about that area of my life. Is it my finances? It's something God is showing, but I'm not seeing is it my health? There's something God is showing, but I'm not seeing. Is it my job? There's something God is showing, but I'm not seeing. Because he says, you know, the thing about the scriptures is that he didn't say he will reveal them to us through his spirit. He says he has, re he has revealed them. Know, how many of you did past tense? He has, he has revealed means that it, it, is, it is done. Already. So, so to God, everything is plain. But we have to now access the things that he has already revealed. You know, another reason is darkness. You know that sometimes, you people, ECG, you know sometimes you can be in your room and you have something there, then immediately the lights go off. And you might be searching and searching for the thing all around. And where is this thing? You can even take your torch and you are trying to, but the torch is not powerful enough. And you are searching for the thing. Where is this thing? Where is this thing? Where is this thing? All of a sudden, the lights come back on and you realize the thing was just right by your light. Because the thing about darkness is that darkness hides what's already in existence. So, so the Holy Spirit has revealed it. But a lot of you, there is darkness, sin. So, so instead of seeing the things that God has revealed, the darkness is hiding the things. So it only takes light. When the sin goes and light comes, then you see the very thing that you were praying about that God had already shown. I was counseling a certain young man. Then I said, I thought these things, we see them in Nigeria movies. It was happening in his real life. Something that happened and then some lady manipulation. But because he was not praying, I mean, and he was, he was doing all forms of insemun, so the darkness was covering. He says the day he prayed, it was like all of a sudden something was just lifted off him and was like, ah! So was I the same person who made the decision? Darkness. 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 So the Spirit of God has what? Revealed them. So I want to ask you, what level of connectivity do you have with the Holy Spirit? 
I want to ask you, what level of maturity do you have in the faith to be able to understand the things he's saying? I want to ask you, what, what kind of darkness is around that is hiding the things that God says he's showing? Let me, let me end with the last one. Let me end with the last one. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. He says that this God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, he says, and, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters, and God said what? Let there be light. And there was light. He says, this same God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, he has shown his light into our hearts. And the reason why he has shown his light into our hearts is so that we will have the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. The knowledge of the glory of God. And God, in next week, I'm going to touch on the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. So God has shown his light. So the darkness can disappear. And you can see the light. The, the final one, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 to 9. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Then look at the verse 9. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. When, when I read this part there, I was, I was even broken. I was like, he says, God made known to us. Another thing, revelation. The mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So do you know what it means? God had a meeting with himself. And says, Everything that I want to see manifest in the lives of these people, I'm going to put it all in Jesus Christ. So he purposed it in himself. Then he says, he did it according to his good pleasure, which means that all that God wants you to experience, it makes him happy. No, no. Everything in the faith makes God excited. No, God gets excited when we are living the life that he wants us to live. So, so living this kind of life, the life that God wants us to live. I like Andre Koch's song. It's a good life. Living this kind of life. That, that's the kind. Of, so when you are living the way God wants you to live, eh, God gets excited. God gets excited. God gets excited. He says, which he purposed in himself. Let, let me wrap up with this. So when the Bible says that God willed it, it means that God was intentional with it. It means that your salvation is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's something that God planned. The thing about God is that he planned. That's why I don't understand when some believers say that you don't have to plan your life. Because we think that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit is spontaneous. So, no, God plans. The Bible says he planned it all out. He purposed it all out. He worked it all out. When he says that he will, it means that it's entirely within the domain of God to show us what he wants. When the Bible says God willed, it means that you cannot boast of the things that God has shown to you. No, you can't boast of the things that God chooses to reveal to you. That when God shows you something, you, you can't boast about it. No, you can't. None of us can And none of us can boast about the things that God manifests in us. I say, God. No, Deborah, if I raise the dead, if I raise the dead, it is not me who raised the dead. It is God. 
but it's because God purposed that in his plan, I will raise the dead. So first of all, he purposed it. Then he gave me the power to raise the dead. How do I then boast? That's why Paul said that the excellency may be of God and not of us. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So I can't boast in any way because before I ever raise the dead, I never raise the dead. So if I could raise the dead by myself, I should have been raising the dead from the time that I was born. But, but at the time that I raised the dead, how can I now I mean, put a whole video on social media, Pastor Emmanuel raises the dead, then everyone is excited, like me. And, and you know the funny thing, let me chip in this. The funny thing, the reason I'm saying this is that today's believers, we are quick to put things on social media. I am preaching, no, I want them to take pictures. I am delivering someone, no, I want them to take pictures. I am praying for someone to be healed, no, I want videos and pictures. No, it is not every time that God wants videos and pictures out. So I tell God, God, judge my motives. Because even our videos that we put up, the reason why we put up our videos and our audios online is because there are a lot of foolish things online. And we feel that if the space is not occupied by us, so many people will put all forms of things there. So we too, let's, let's put something that will be a blessing to someone. After all, people give us testimonies from time to time that this message blessed me, this thing blessed me. So we say, oh, we'll continue to put it. But before we put it up, I tell God, God, judge my motives. Because sometimes when you're putting it up, you feel good about it. Wow. So was that the one who preached this message? Oh. So sometimes I delay 24 hours. I don't post it. You know why? Because at the time I'm coming to post it, my motive has been corrupted. So I delay and I say, I will not post it. I wait the next day. When the motive has been cleansed, I'll post it. Because we can't boast of it. No, no, me. What grace do I have to teach the word? If it was not God's grace, how would I teach? How would I even explain this passage to you? So if God has done it, as if like God gets marveled by the healing we do, or the, the teaching we teach, or the revelation, wow, God has never seen this miracle before. final thing, it means that we must have a disposition of humility and thanksgiving at all times. When you understand that God willed it, your disposition in life is a disposition of humility and thanksgiving at all times. At all times. You are grateful to God. You come and say, God, is it me? Is it me? Oh God, I can't believe it's me. Is it me that you use me? You used to do this. Like, like I led in worship or, or, or worship team. You lead in worship and all of a sudden people are on the floor rolling and crying. And then you don't go back and say, Charlie, and then we're anointing. Come on. When I took off the, the mic, hey. See, yes, you see, you see, let me catch yourself like the anointed. No, no, no. God just chose to move through what you were doing. So you have to have a humble disposition. Be humble at all. I don't know when people get some small thing in life. No, become proud. Hey, hey. God uses you to do something small. No, you are proud. Some of you, you are multi-millionaires. But when God blesses, don't roll your, 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 your keys and then you, you come and pack your ranger like, I, 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 I'm, traveling, I'm traveling to the... I'm traveling to, 
I'm traveling to Dubai, and, and then from Dubai, I'm going to England, and from England, I'm going to just wax and grass the sun. And, 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 from, and, and, from, and, from, and from England, I touch down in Ghana for one day, and then I'll go back again and say, no, right, right now, I'm busy, Pastor. I'm so busy. But you know what? I won't be able to come to church, but I'll send my tithe. No, no, it is not your tithe we need. It is you. I was, I was, I was, I was humbled when I went to one particular church. Their ushers, their ushers were bank managers and top executives. They have, they have categorized the ushers, but the ushers who were standing at the gate in the suit, so a friend of mine in the church told me, this one is an, an, an MD, this one is an executive of the, they said, hey! Because the thing is that you see, when you understand that God willed it, you become humble. And you have a disposition of thanksgiving. I pray that in this church, no matter what God does, we will not go around boasting, hey, Charlie, come to my church. Oh, can you see? As for my church, the miracles, it flows like that. No, are we the ones who create the miracles? It's God. It's God. I keep on telling God that God, I want to be, I want to be humble into my death. Into my death. No matter what you do with me, I want to be humble into my death. I've preached at certain places and the way God moved there. I don't finish now. I was like, how are you, Charlie? Because by the time I was on the stage, the kind of anointing that was on me, after I left the stage, it's not the same anointing that was on me. How can I boast? How can I boast? Let me say this to conclude. See, I gave an example of those outside, eh? Those outside. What is inside here is a mystery to them. But to us, it's a revealed truth. But have you realized that even those of us here, not all of us know how the whole facility looks like. So even though we have access into the facility, it is how far you are willing to go that determines how much you experience. So some of us, the only place you have come is this space. You have not gone to the children's room. You've not gone to the baby's corner. You've not gone to pastor's office. You've not gone to the guest lounge. Some of you have never even stepped in the washroom. So your only knowledge of this place is this auditorium. But if you begin to step in the other rooms, you will know what is there. You know what? Even though the mystery is a hidden truth to the people outside and revealed to us, so many believers are very limited to the things that they have experienced in God because how far you are willing to go will determine how much you would experience of God. If you are willing to stretch yourself in God, you will see more of God. You will see more of the things that God has revealed. You see more of the things that God has given to you. You see more of the things that God has given you access. You know today's Christianity, what want? Want? Receive it! Name it! Claim it! It is yours! And it's empty noise. Because there's nothing in the name it and claim it. There's nothing. There's nothing. Do you know what a lot of believers do today? We behave like the guy who does not even have a bicycle, but dresses in a suit and comes to tell her that, Charlie, you know me, I work in um, um, Deloitte and Touche, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm a top executive. As you can see, my suit. Um, today, my car broke down somewhere, so I'm waiting for the Uber. Nothing. Empty noise. Making empty boasts. 
We have not even experienced anything of God. Sometimes I even shudder as a pastor to talk about some things of God. Because I tell God, I, unless I experience those things, I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about them. So I'm asking you, what level of access do you have in the things that God has revealed? Now, I want to ask you, I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you this question. How far are you willing to go in your experience with God? Now, I want to ask you this question. Which level of knowledge do you have of what God has willed for you? Which level of knowledge do you have of what God has willed for you? Do you know our educational system allows people to, do, to have their education all the way to PhD? But do you know it's not every Ghanaian who has a PhD? Do you know why? It's not because the educational system has not made provision for that. It's because how far you are willing to go will determine the kind of experience you will have. So God has made provision, full provision. But today I'm asking you, what level of knowledge do you have in the things that God has willed for you? Shall I rise to our feet? Oh, Radeshadavaha. We want to talk to the Lord this morning. And tell the Lord that, Lord, I don't know how many of you have been challenged, but I have been challenged myself. I don't want to settle for anything less. I think we are in a season where God does not want us to settle for anything less. Tell the Lord that, Lord, help me to increase in my knowledge of you. And help me to increase in my knowledge of the things that you have purposed and planned for me. Oh, tell the Lord, tell the Lord, tell the Lord, tell the Lord, tell the Lord. Tell the Lord, the Lord help me to increase in my knowledge of you. And help me to increase in my knowledge of the things that you have purposed and planned for me. Help me, Lord. Lord, help me, Lord. 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 Tell the Lord to help you to break away from the things that hold you. There's a constant struggle. There's a constant struggle. And the enemy has intensified the things that would distract our attention so we don't get to see the things that God has for us. But you are telling the Lord, the Lord help me to break out of anything to hold on me, anything that is an addiction in my life, anything that holds me back.